But this was a lost season for the Jets. I did not see a single thing this year that makes you excited to build upon. You, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9 The Game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. Number four, Charles Barkley. The round, the wow. Round, the round, round mound of rebound. of rebound. Easy for me to say. And Eric Fry. Kumbaya, and it's all good. And- it's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. day of april eric fry here hanging out with you on the starting lineup solo edition that's right it's just me no travis today travis is off on some official business that i'm sure we'll talk about uh later on this week so travis off on some official business hey i want to get it out of the way right now uh there will be no over the air on the radio starting lineup show the next two days tomorrow Cardinals start 11:20 against the Diamondbacks so no show uh, on Wednesday there will be a podcast though which you can find over fgamradio.com also on um, Thursday there will be no show again there will be a podcast edition just not a radio show here on 98.9 the game so I want to get that out of the way first and foremost here on this Tuesday morning we got a jam-packed show coming up of course we'll be talking about the local sports that happened last night high school baseball and softball as well as get you set for the schedule tonight we'll take a look at some major league baseball how those St. Louis Cardinals do yesterday taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks on a game you heard right here on 98.9 the game we'll tell you more about that we'll also tell you some other games uh, that are going on today and the major league level. And then, of course, we'll be talking playoffs as well as playoffs got kickstarted in the NHL and continued in the NBA. That is all coming up here on today's edition of the Starting Lineup. Glad you're here. Let's not waste any more time. Let's just go ahead and get into it. You know, we're going to start off a little first things first. Before we get into the show. First things first. And first things first today, we are starting with the NBA playoffs. We only had two games last night, and those two games were the 76ers getting the win over the Nets, 96-84. Joel Embiid had 20 points, but this was the Tyrese Maxi show. 33 points for the 76ers, 6 of 13 
from three-point land. And for those 33 points, again, 20 from Embiid, 20 from Tobias Harris as well. James Harden, only eight points uh, for the 76ers. So a, a slow night for Harden there, but it didn't matter because Tyrese Maxey showed up, put up 33 points. Brooklyn, they were led in scoring by Cam Johnson. He had 28 points. Uh, Mikael Bridges had 21 as well for the Nets, but that was about it. Not a whole lot there uh, for the Nets, and uh, it was the 76ers taking the 2-0 series lead in that one. And then the game everyone wants to talk about, and we're going to talk more about this uh, coming up here in just a second, and that is the Warriors as they went down to the Kings 114-106. to That's right. Sacramento gets game two. They now have a 2-0 series lead. Simonis had 24 points. Fox with 24 as well for the Kings. And then they also had 15 point or 18 points from Malik Monk. Yes, Malik Monk off the bench gave him 18 points. And then 15 points from Kevin Hooter. Who? Kevin Hooter. And also it was Devion Mitchell who had 14 points in 28 minutes off the bench as well as Harrison Barnes had 13 points. Yes, that's right. You have six players in double figure for the Kings for the Warriors, they had four players in double figures, and it was led by Steph Curry. He had 28. And Clay Thompson had 21. Wiggins had 22. And Gary Payton II had 13 off the bench. But it wasn't enough for the Warriors. And part of what did them in was really 13 of 40 from three. That's not great. Uh, now, the Kings were only 9 of 38 from three, so uh, not not that much better, you know, in comparison. Uh, rebounding battle was the same. Uh, really, turnovers, I mean, six more turnovers for the Warriors than the uh, the Kings. But uh, with this win, it's now the first time that the Warriors have lost the first two games of a series since the 2007 Conference Semifinals against the Jazz with Don Nelson as the head coach. Golden State had gone a 27 straight playoff series without trailing 2-0, the longest streak in NBA history. The Warriors are now the fifth defending champ to fall behind 2-0 in the first round. Each of the previous four, by the way, went on to lose, with three of those getting swept. The last time was in 2012 when the Mavericks lost there. Before that, it was the Heat in 07. As for the Kings, this is the fourth time in franchise history they have led 2-0 in a best-of-seven series. They won each of the previous three. That was in 0-4 against the Mavericks and 0-3 against the Jazz. The turning point Monday's game was when Draymond Green got ejected with 7-0-3 left in the fourth quarter after stomping on the chest of Sabonis. At the time of the flagrant two, the Kings led the Warriors by four points. Sacramento's offense was much more productive down the stretch after Green left the game. And this is going to be a big thing. Is Draymond going to get suspended for a game like that's that's the thing for what he did I mean the numbers are just staggering for the Kings before uh, Draymond went out the Kings offense in the fourth quarter had eight points they were three of eight from the field only shooting 30 percent they only had three rebounds afterwards 23 points 10 of 15 from the field uh, seven rebounds so Draymond leaving was a big 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 turning point in this game, and a good turning point if you are the Kings, as De'Aaron Fox had another big game for the Kings, 24 points, 9 assists. He's now the fifth player in NBA history to average at least 30-7 and over his first two playoff games. He joins a list that includes Kevin Johnson, Chris Paul, Luka, and Trey Young. That's a nice list to be part of. 
Fox scored or assisted on 40% of the Kings' points to the first two games of the series. Kings shot 9 of 15 off his passes in Game 2, including 3 of 3 in the fourth quarter. Fox has been a second-half player in the series, scoring 44 of his 62 points after halftime. Curry, like we said, finished 3 of 13 from three-point range Monday. It was the 80th time they've taken at least 10 threes in a playoff game. Just the seventh time he shot below 25% in those games. Curry went 0 for 5 with either Fox or Monk as his primary defender on Monday. Kings contested 16 of his 21 shots and 9 of his 13 three-point attempts. He went 2 of 10 on off-the-dribble threes, which is his worst percentage on such shots in a playoff game since Game 2 of the 2015 NBA Finals. And it was turnovers also that plugged the Warriors Monday. They had 22 of them, leading to 25 Kings points. It's tied for their most turnovers in a playoff game under Steve Kerr. So to me, this Warriors team needs to turn it around because I think the Kings are in the driver's seat for this series. I, I really do. With the way the Kings are playing, and if Draymond is out again, man, I'm telling you what. Now, it is going back to Golden State. Let's 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 take a pause there. It is going back to Golden State. We know this Warriors team 11 and 30 on the road this season. One of the worst, if not the worst, road teams in history. Um, you know, just that's just that's just the truth. They're just not good on the uh, on the road this year. At home, much better for Golden State. They're 33 and eight at home. 33 and 8. That's the second best, uh, third best, excuse me, in the West. So, obviously, much better at home than on the road. It's going to be interesting to see if this Kings team can travel well with their young roster they have. But through two games, I'm I'm saying the Kings look good. And, and I even have enough confidence to say, give me Kings in five. Kings in five at this point, I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. Um, this Warriors team, you know, I'll give them one at home, but then going back to Sacramento, uh, especially if Draymond's out uh, for game three, that's going to be a huge, huge factor, I think, in this Golden State-Sacramento uh, series. Now, you'd hope, if you're a Golden State Warrior fan, that at some point Steph Curry will kind of you know carry the team and have a Steph Curry-type game. Uh, Clay Thompson and Wiggins, I mean, those guys are doing – you know, 22, 28, and 21, I don't know what more you want from them. But, um, yeah, to me, that's the, you know, let's let's talk for a minute about Draymond, okay? Like, what are you doing? Like, I know, like, he stepped on Sabonis, and then he's trying to rally the crowd up, and he's getting people in his face and whatnot, and, you know, all this. And why? You are just hurting your team. That is all you're doing at that point. You are not helping anything. You're on the road, so I don't get why. Like, And I'll never probably know why. Draymond Green is one of those players that is just an enigma. He he sometimes gets doesn't get out of his own way. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Warriors are in trouble here. And I, like I said, I think that it's definitely going to be a big game uh on on you know game three um, coming up, especially if there's no Draymond, that's going to be a huge difference maker. Going back to the 76ers and Nets, uh, 76ers got the win. They have a 14 to one series record all time when they go up 2-0 in a best of seven. Their lone loss, by the way, was in the 97 1977 Finals to the Trailblazers. The Nets, by the way, have never overcome a 2-0 deficit. They are 0 and eight. So there you go. That's uh, 
not good. And the 76ers this season, 6-0 and against the Nets. Um, so, to me, this is all about the 76ers. Joel Embiid was the defensive force. Not only three blocks, um, but forcing the Nets away from the basket. Nets had an average shot distance of 18.2 feet in Game 2, which is their second longest average shot distance in any game this season. So, definitely not a great night for the Nets. They're going to try and turn it around. Um we talked about Maxi having 33 points on six threes. He joined Allen Iverson as the only 76ers player with multiple playoff games with 30 points and five threes. Maxi also recorded his third career 30-point game in the playoffs, the most by a 76ers player at age 22 or younger all time. So uh, Nets now have lost eight straight playoff games, tied for their second-longest playoff losing streak in franchise history. So they're going to have to turn around if they're going to want any chance at coming back in this series, I think, because uh, the 76ers have had the Nets number not just thus far in this playoff series, but all season long. Let's look at games going on tonight up in Boston. It'll be Hawks-Celtics game two. Boston, of course, took game one. They are the heavy favorites, favored by 10 points at this point. And I I tend to agree. I, I just, this Hawks team is not good enough to take on the Celtics team at, at, at home. Um, so I, I would think Celtics there. Knicks Cavs, that's at 6.30 on TNT. New York leads that one one nothing. Cleveland, though, favored by 5.5. This is in Cleveland. This is, again, I said it before, I'll say it again, this is the most interesting series thus far um, on paper. Uh, game 1 I thought was a good game. Um, we'll see if Game 2 can follow that up. I like the Cavs to come back and, and bounce back and get the win here and knot it up 1-1. They almost have to. Uh, you never want to go on the road down uh, 0-2. So I, I think the, the Cavs have to get a win here. It's almost a must win for the Cavs at this point. And then the nightcap on TNT is you get a doubleheader over on the Turner Network. 9 o'clock, it'll be the Clippers and the Suns. Clippers took game one. Suns are favored by eight in this matchup. But, man, this Clippers team looked good in game one. Can they keep it up for game two and try and, you know, force the Suns, again, much like the Cavs, to go down 2-0 and, and head head home? Uh, that'll that'll be an interesting one. So that'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, that's at 9 o'clock tonight over on TNT. And that's uh, kind of a, a look a little bit at your uh, NBA playoffs. We'll talk NHL playoffs coming up in a little bit as well. But uh, to me, I mean, man, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot uh, – uh, this first round, minus a couple series that have kind of been a little surprising, but for the most part, you know this is this is kind of where you you weed out the good teams from the bad teams and, and stuff like that. To me, not tonight. Uh, tonight's games, I I feel are pretty cut and dry. Wednesday is going to be the interesting ones, and more so the injuries in the Lakers Grizzlies game and the Heat Bucks. Um, who is, you know, Tyler Hero out for the Heat? Is Giannis going to be able to play for the Bucks? I know the MRI came back negative, so they're watching that, um, you know, just day by day, and we'll see what happens. But NBA. You need you need to you need to fix something because that game Heat Bucks should not be on NBA TV, right? I would put that one over Lakers Grizzlies, but I know the Lakers have LeBron and the marquee name and everything like that. To me, Heat Bucks should be on TNT, not on NBA TV. But 
Yeah, whatever. And then the nightcap tomorrow night will be the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. But we'll talk more about all those games coming up on tomorrow's podcast-only edition of the starting lineup. Right now, we are going to step away. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will take a look around the horn locally and see what happened around our area. You're listening to starting lineup here on 99 The Game. We'll be right back. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. In 2020, Illinois had 270 motor vehicle accidents involving farm tractors or farm equipment. Five of these resulted in a fatality. Hello, this is your Effingham County Sheriff Paul Coons. As we begin to see warm spring weather, farmers will be in the fields. As you go about your daily travels, remember, it only takes moments to overtake a farm tractor while you are traveling at highway speeds. Slow down and approach with caution when you meet a farm implement. Let's have a safe spring and consider the life you save could be your own. Low prices on seasonal favorites keep springing up at Rural King. Save $5 on a two-gallon hand sprayer from Chapin, now just $12.99. And stock up on mulch in all your favorite colors for just $2.49 a bag. Plus, save some green on 40-pound bags of Greenskeeper Secret All-Purpose Fertilizer, now just $14.99. Shop these deals and more at RuralKing.com or your neighborhood Rural King, America's farm and home store. Show her how much she means to you this Mother's Day. Join the Mother's Day extravaganza and stop by our participating sponsors to win over $350 in prizes to be given away just in time for Mother's Day. Stop by Rouse Jewelry, John Booth's Factory Showroom and Outlet, Heartland Landscaping, Jordan Mahan Country Financial, Behold Aesthetics and Wellness Center, Barlow Lock and Security, and Shallerch Sewing Center. One qualifier will be chosen from each location, and one winner will be announced Wednesday, May 10th. So stop by all locations to increase your chances of winning. Brought to you by Rouse Jewelry, John Boo's Factory Showroom and Outlet, Heartland Landscaping, Jordan Mahan Country Financial, Behold Aesthetics and Wellness Center, Barlow Lock and Security, Charlotte Sewing Center, and Cromwell Media Group in Effingham. In 2021, the Effingham County Sheriff's Office received over 200 reports of fraud, forgery, and scams. This is your Effingham County Sheriff Paul Coons reminding you that if someone contacts you that you don't know with an offer that sounds too good to be true, it is. Please shop with our local trusted area businesses and craftsmen who work hard to maintain their reputation. If you think that you've been the target of a potential scam, call your local police to report it. You may prevent someone else from being taken advantage of. And now, the starting lineup. Caught! It's going to be caught! And for a touchdown! No! On 98.9 The Game. No! Welcome back in to the starting lineup here on 99 The Game. Aaron Fry still here with you. Time to take a look at the local diamond action from yesterday, starting in baseball. Altamont wins their two straws. They put themselves 
into a game. Altamont had a 2-1 to opening inning as the home team. They gave up a run in the top of the first, but then they came back and got two in the bottom of the first to take the lead. But then Winchester-Strauss battled back. They put up a four spot in the third and a three spot in the fourth. And you thought, oh boy, this is 8-2. to This ballgame may be over. And that's when Altamont came back with a nine-run fifth. In order to get the 11 to 8 win, Altamont had 14 hits in the game. Lots of RBIs. Caden Earhart had three of those RBIs, as well as Jared Hammer with an RBI. Wyatt Phillips had an RBI, as well as Miller. Uh, Cornette also had two RBIs as well. So lots of RBIs there for Altamont as they get the win 11-8 as the home team. Combined, these two had 24 hits. That's a lot of hits in a high school game. Moving over to Neoga. County Herrick Beach City traveled to Neoga, and County Herrick Beach City looked to have things in control. They led 2-0 after the first two innings, continued to lead 2-0 until the fourth. That's when Neoga got a run in the fourth. They then tied it up in the sixth before they were able to get the win in the eighth on yesterday and uh, got the win 3-2-2. Neoga had Eight hits in the win, as well as five errors. That's not a great sign, but it was really a defensive battle there. Eight hits for Neoga, only four for County Herring Beecher City in that 3-2 to two win for the Neoga Indians. Dietrich, they went to Odin, and they took a one nothing lead in the first inning, and then they never looked back from that point. They added three in the third, one in the fourth, one in the fifth, one in the sixth, then two uh, for Odin in the bottom of the sixth before Dietrich put up four more in the seventh to make it an 11-2 win as uh, Noah Dill had a single, two home runs, drove in six runs all by himself. Have yourself a game, Mr. Noah Dill, as the Indians, uh, excuse me, the moving Maroons got the win there in Odin 11-2. North Clay Clay City down to Fairfield 14-2 on Monday. That now makes North Clay 12-4 on the season. Charleston headed up to Totopolis, and they came with carrying some heavy bats as they got off to an early start. They led 6 to nothing through two innings. They added four more in the fourth before Totopolis finally got on the board with two in the bottom of the fourth, but it just wasn't enough as the Charleston Trojans got the win 10-2 to over Totopolis. So the Shoes can only muster four hits in that one where Charleston had 14 hits. They came ready to hit, and hit often did the Charleston Trojans. Let's take a look. Some other scores. A little line conference action from yesterday. Lawrenceville got the win over Casey Westfield. It was one to nothing and a nail biter there. Only they defeated Edwards County six to five. Mount Carmel they got the win over Marshall eleven to nine. Paris over Robinson twelve to nine. Muhammad Seymour got the win over PBL eight to one. It was Bloomington defeated Mount Zion eighteen to twelve in a high scoring affair. That sounds more like a a, a football score eighteen to twelve. Nope, baseball. Jacksonville defeated Taylorville five to two. Lincoln Prairie conference action. Arcola got the win over Sarah Gordo twenty one to two. The Purple Riders were riding all over the place, and they got the win over Sarah Gordo twenty one to two. Heritage defeated Tri County seven to four, and Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond defeated Villa Grove fifteen to thirteen. In Central Illinois conference action, Shelbyville got the win over Macon Meridian twelve to nothing. Warrensburg Latham defeated Sullivan. 15 to 5. Clinton got the win over to Kira St. Teresa, 7 to 3. And then in what I know is not a typo, and you're going to think it's a, a typo whenever I tell you this score, uh, Tuscola lost to Central AM 
30 to 24. 30 to 24. That is... Oh. Now, neither one of these teams are, are that great, according to uh, the one website I'm looking at combined. They are uh, 4 and 25. So, again, not two great teams going at each other, but 30 to 24? That is absolutely... Uh, I don't even know how, how to put that into words. Right? I mean, 30 to 24 in a foot minute in a baseball game? I want to say football because that doesn't sound like a real score for a baseball game. But that's that's what we got. Contributed uh, multiple reports. Uh, that's, uh, that's what we got. So that is just 30 to 24. Can you imagine being the coach and being like, hey, we'll spot you 24 runs? Coach would be like, all right, cool, that's a dub. Nope, still lost. Still lost. Put up 24 runs, still lost. <sighs> all right, let's move over to some softball now. FGM St. Anthony, speaking of bringing out the uh, the offense, they had 19 hits, 23 runs, as they got the win over Brown South St. Elmo, 23-1. It was 11 to nothing after the first inning, and it was all over after that. They added three more in the second inning, nine more in the third inning, and it was over after four innings. Uh, eight hits were extra bases as uh, Cabas, uh, Callie Cabas, led the way. She had a single, a double, a homer, two RBIs. She was a triple away from the cycle. Uh, Faber had a triple, a home run, and five RBIs as well, as it was just all St. Anthony there in that one. Effingham traveled to Cotton Herrick Beecher City, and it was Effingham. The Hearts getting off to a quick start. They scored a run in the top of the first, added another run in the third inning to go up two to nothing, and then they got two more in the fourth inning, two more in the fifth inning. That made it six to nothing before Cotton Herrick Beecher City responded. They put up two, so it was six to two after five, and then in the sixth, they put up one. That made it six to three, and you're thinking, oh, here comes Cotton Herrick Beach City. Nope. FEM, 11 runs in the seventh inning to get the uh, 17 runs, and then uh, Cotton Herrick did get two in the bottom of the inning, but it just wasn't enough as uh, it was Alyssa Martin and Natalie Armstrong who had big days. Martin had a, a single, two doubles, four RBIs, while Armstrong had a homer, a double, and three RBIs for Effingham as the Hearts get the win. Totopolis, they almost, almost, well, they did. They got the win. <laughs> they got the win over South Central yesterday. Uh, scoring started in the second inning. Totopolis got on the board first, one to nothing. They then put a four spot up in the fourth inning uh, to go up five to nothing. And the sixth, they added two more runs. That made it seven to nothing and then the south central bats came alive in the top of the sixth they put up a seven spot in the top of that sixth inning but it was totopolis got one more in the bottom of the sixth to get the win eight to seven over south central wins of stu Stross. they tied it up with altima in the first it was one to one um 
after one inning, and then that's when Windsor Sustros put up an 11 spot in the second inning and a six spot in the third, and they walked away with the 18 to one inning. Uh, Windsor Sustros had 12 hits. They were led by Ella Kinkler, who had a single, a double, a triple, four RBIs. She was just a homer short of that cycle there. Newton, they headed up to take on Matt Toon, and it was Newton getting the big win. Again, offense started out early as Newton had five-run first inning. They led 5 nothing after one, put up nine more runs in the second uh, before Matt Toon responded with a run in the bottom of the third. Newton then added three more in the fifth. Matt Toon had three in the bottom of the fifth, but that would be enough. Newton had 19 hits in the contest. So it was Reek who had two singles, a homer, and three RBIs. Addy O'Dell had two singles and a double. Coker got the win on the mound. Uh, Cross took the loss for Matt Toon. Clay City, North Clay. Well, they needed some extra softball in order to try and get the win against Grayville. Grayville got on the board first. They led 1-0 after one inning. North Clay, Clay City responded with three in the top of the third to take a 3-1 lead. Grayville added a run in the bottom of the third. That made it 3-2. North Clay came back with two in the fifth. Make it 5-2. Grayville then had a run in the bottom of the sixth. Make it 5-3. Clay City added a run. Made it 6-3. And then Grayville tied it up at six with three in the bottom of the inning. Each team had two runs in the top of the inning. That would be the top of the eighth. No one scored in the ninth or the tenth before Grayville finally got the win. Scoring their winning run in the bottom of the 11th, and Graveville got the win, 9-8. to eight. North Clay was led by Hintz, who had a single and a double there uh, as well. So uh, over in Odin, it was Dietrich who got out to a 4-1 to one lead, thought they were in control after one innings, added two runs in the top of the second, made it 6-1. to one. Odin did have a run in the bottom of the second, so that made it 6-2. to two. Then Odin would put up a seven spot in that third inning, which put them ahead 9-6. to six. Dietrich would respond with one run in the top of the fourth. That made it 9-7. to seven. And then it was three runs for Odin in the bottom of the sixth, one in the seventh, and four more, uh, or excuse me, four more in the sixth, one in the fifth, and three in the bottom of the fourth to get Odin the 17-7 win over Odin. Dietrich. So Dietrich falls there. They did have 11 hits. Uh, Stella Meinhardt had two singles, a double, and an RBI in the loss for the Dietrich moving Maroons. Other action from you from yesterday in the softball side of things. It was Casey Westfield getting the win over Lawrenceville, 14 to 8. Edwards County defeated only 6 to 5. It was Marshall defeating Mount Carmel, 14 to 13. Robinson defeated Paris, 4 to 1. Tuscola, they got the win over Central A&M 9-4. Sullivan defeated Warrensburg Latham 8-3. It was Clinton all over Decatur St. Teresa 21-6. Cumberland barely held on to defeat Argenta 9-8. Arcola over Heritage 14-2. Arthur over Villa Grove in a tight one 10-9. Tri-County defeated Sarah Gordo as well 14-4. It was Carlinville over Staunton 6-3. And in some high school tennis from yesterday... <coughs> FKM defeated Casey 7-2.
All right, let's look at that schedule for today. First in baseball, NTC Conference Action. Ramsey will travel to Altamont. St. Anthony travels to Tatopolis, take on the wooden shoes. That's going to be a good game there in the NTC with St. Anthony, uh, but a, a good local rivalry there. South Central, they travel to North Clay, an NTC matchup. Brownstown St. Elmo, they will be at Dietrich. Little Illini Conference, Matt Toon, takes on Newton. Evansville Christian will be at Mount Carmel. Apollo Conference action. Neoga will travel to Effingham. Be Muhammad Seymour hosting Pontiac. Central Illinois Conference action. Arthur Lumptown with Hammond is at Decatur St. Teresa. Windsor Stustros, they will travel to Cumberland and some Lincoln Prairie Conference action. Also, Westville will take on Tri-County. Tolona Unity will take on Argenta. Villa Grove will travel to Fisher. Danville Schlarman will take on Heritage. South Central action. Pena is at Hillsboro. Staunton is at Greenville. It'll be Pontiac. Saw taking on Gillespie and Litchfield will host Carlinville. Softball action for tonight. NTC Conference. Charleston is at Altamont. North Clay will take on Dietrich. South Central is at Count Herrick Beecher City. Little Line Conference action. Arthur Lum tonight with Hammond will travel to Paris. Grayville is at Mount Carmel. Lawrenceville is at Washington. Apollo Conference action. Centralia heads to FEM. Cumberland will be on the road taking on Mount Zion. And Matt Toon will take on St. Joe Ogden. In Central Illinois Conference action, Totopolis will be on the road taking on Tuscola. Lincoln Prairie, it will be GCMS or Gibson City Melvy Shipley. Taking on Villa Grove. Argena will be at Champaign at St. Thomas More. Blue Ridge is at PBL. South Central Conference Action. North Mac is at Vandalia. Hillsborough will host Pena. Staunton is at Greenville. Carlinville is at Litchfield. Tennis action for tonight. St. Anthony will take on Charleston. Newton will host Flora. And Cumberland will take on Mount Zion. And there's also some track and field events for boys and girls. Area teams will be at the Matt Toon Invitational. The Cumberland Invitational. Also, County Heron Beach City takes on Tri-County meet and yoga and Windsor Seustros will all head to Sullivan for a meet as well. For a complete list of everything going on in our area and recapping everything from last night, make sure you visit our website, effinghamradio.com and click on the local sports tab. All right, when we come back, we will have a look at the MLB from yesterday. That is on the way next. You're listening to Starting Lineup right here on 98.9 The Game. The Starting Lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Imagine the possibilities with Teutopolis State Bank. This is Jerry Rundy. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk with your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. making sure the air in your dream home is healthy for your family to breathe. Make sure you build your home radon resistant. Preserve your family's health and well-being. To learn more, go to epa.gov radon. Build radon resistant. That's keeping it green. Green, green, green. Building your home, making it green. Radon resistant, make it healthy and clean. Make it green, green, green. Building a radon resistant 
resistant home is easy. Just ask your builder or go to epa.gov radon. A message from the US EPA. Things are moving right along at JNR Collision Centers in Teotopolis. We are finishing up the transition of our newest location at 1424 East Fayette Avenue. If you have an accident, let us guide you through the repair process. We can assist you with your insurance claim, regardless of the insurance company, and ensure a timely, safe, and proper repair. Please stop by our newest location on Fayette Avenue and let us show you what customer service and quality are all about. JNR Collision Centers, now with five locations to assist with all your collision repair needs. And now, Eric Fry Sports Center update. Missouri hosts South Carolina tomorrow in the battle for the Mayor's Cup trophy. Tigers enter at 4-5, and five, while the Gamecocks are 5-4. and four. Who really kind of cares about that game? Uh, Carson Wentz was down with the sickness as he's dealing with an illness as Indy will host the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. The starting lineup. Welcome back in uh, to the starting lineup on 98.9 and the game. I thought that right was a there. good one. I mean, uh, that one was was definitely uh, noteworthy. Was I I definitely wrote that down to uh, save that one for a future bumper. On 98.9, the game. Eric Fry Sports Center update. Adam Wainwright's getting closer to return to the St. Louis Cardinals. Team announced yesterday that Wainwright is expected to make a rehab start with the Springfield Cardinals tomorrow. Manager Marmol says that Wainwright is scheduled to throw 60 pitches. 41-year-old has missed the start of the season after straining his groin during the World Baseball Classic last month. Wainwright announced before the season that 2023 will be his last year in the MLB. Chicago Bears are adding some depth to their receiving core as the team signed Dante Pettis to a one-year deal yesterday. Pettis was with the Bears last season, started seven of his 17 appearances in 2023, caught 19 passes for 245 yards and three touchdowns. The Northwestern Wildcats are adding some talent from the transfer portal. Former Denver guard Justin Mullins announced yesterday he is transferring to the men's basketball program. Mullins made 27 starts in 32 games last season. He averaged 9.8 points per game. The Colts are going to have a big decision to make on draft day. According to ESPN, there's a strong possibility that three of the top four quarterback prospects will slip in the draft, leaving Indianapolis in the driver's seat. Alabama's Bryce Young is expected to be taken with the first overall pick in the draft, but the Colts should have the chance to choose from C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, or Will Levis when they select fourth overall. The first round of the NFL draft is coming up April 27th, and Patrick Mahomes is still rehabbing from his ankle injury. Welcome back in here to the starting lineup here on 99 The Game. Eric Fry is still hanging out here with you. Let's talk some Major League Baseball. Let's start with the St. Louis Cardinals, who just keep slipping, keep slip sliding away, right? They took a loss last night to the Arizona Diamondbacks 6-3. to It was a grand slam for Smith. That is uh, uh, not Corbin Carroll, Eric, what are you clicking on? Uh, Paven Smith, his first career Grand Slam. His first home run of the season, even. So, uh, it was his Grand Slam in the seventh that kind of put things away. Uh, Sterling Marte got the scoring started for the Diamondbacks in the very first inning. They went up one to nothing. Then Wilson Contreras doubled to center. That tied the ball game up at one in the sixth. And then the bottom of the seventh, Marte had another homer. And then Smith with the Grand Slam. That made it six to one. And it was O V E R over. 
Burleson did have a homer, uh, two-run shot for the Cardinals. That made it 6-3. to three. But still, Flaherty took the loss. He's now 1-2 and two on the season. Six innings, four hits, four runs, three walks, four Ks. Not a great night for uh, Jack Flaherty. Um, not a great night for Palante. He went an inning, gave up two runs in relief. Not a good night overall for the, the Cardinals there. So the Cardinals fall now. They are now 7-10 and 10 on the season. The Diamondbacks now 10-7 and 7 on the year. They are your NL leading West Arizona Diamondbacks. Put some respect on their name. The NL West leading Arizona Diamondbacks. And game two of that series will be tonight at 5.50. You can hear it right here on 98.9 The Game. Can the Cardinals rebound? We will find out tonight. Other action for you. It was the Angels as they averted a four-game sweep as they got the 5-4 victory over the Red Sox. So the Angels now back to 500. They are 8-8. Red Sox 8-9 on the season. Davidson got the win there for the Angels. It was the Marlins on Jorge Soler's pinch hit two-run homer in the seventh. That got the Marlins the 4-3 victory over the Giants. So the Marlins now 9-8 and, uh, and on the season. Reds picked up a big win over the Rays. Yes, the Rays, remember? They were the hottest team in baseball and the greatest streak ever. Well, they lost to the Reds 8-1. to Yep. What else do I need to say? T.J. Frettel. Drove in four runs for the Reds as they got the win over the Rays. Rays, overhyped start to a season ever. I'll say it. I'll continue to say it. Uh, the Rangers, they got the 4 nothing win over the Royals as um, Jacob deGrom had to exit with that sore wrist. We'll see how his wrist does and any anything on that. But he exited after four scoreless innings. Looked good. Royals only had one hit as a team um, after he left. So... Uh, the Astros got the win over the Blue Jays, 9-2. Pirates all over the Rockies, 14-3. It was the Brewers getting the win over the Mariners, 7-3. Corbin Burns get, picks up his second win of the year. Braves, 2-0 over the Padres. Max Freed shut him down, and it was Riley who had a two-run home run for the Braves. That was all the scoring they needed. And then it was the Mets defeating the Dodgers, 8-6. Vogelbaum and Brady... Uh, led the Mets past the Dodgers. That's the fifth straight win now for the Mets, who are 11-6 and sixth on the year. And then we had two games postponed. The Guardians and Tigers were postponed due to the cold, and the Phillies and White Sox were postponed due to the win. And finally, the Chicago Cubs, they got a big 10-1 win over the A's. Cubs as a team, 20 hits. 20 hits for that Cubs team. And Patrick Wisdom, two homers. As he just continues to uh, light the baseball world on fire here early on. Eight homers for Patrick Wisdom. That's now tied for first in all of baseball for Patrick Wisdom and this Cubs team. So uh, Wisdom had, like I said, two homers, four RBIs, three RBIs for Hap, an RBI for Horner, RBI for Suzuki, RBI for Gomes as well. So a good night for the for the Cubs. Uh, as they got the win, Wasneski seven innings, five hits, one earned, seven Ks. He looked good. Hughes had a, an inning, two hits he gave up. Merriweather, an inning and one hit gave up. So uh, definitely a good night now. I will say the same thing that I said again about the uh, the race. It was against the A's, like Cubs fans. I, I've seen a lot of Cubs fans on social media saying, oh, this team's for real. Oh, we're a playoff team for sure. 
calm down. We just beat the Oakland A's, who are 3-14 and 14 on the season. Who I believe, uh, yes, have the worst record in all of baseball. So, we're supposed to beat them. Let's calm down a little bit. It's not the, we're not yet the greatest team in baseball. So, everyone chill. If you're a Cub fan, chill. Um, but it's nice to be ten, 9 and 6, two games out of first. Um, Brewers still still in the central, obviously. Still early on, though, like I said. So, um, for me, probably the surprise is that the Rangers and Angels are on top of the West. You know, that won't last very long because, well, it's the Angels and the Rangers. So, we know that they're not going to uh, be around for a while. But, hey, at least early on in the year, they're both there. All right, let's talk about... Uh, some more baseball as Fernando Tatis Jr. is eligible to make his long-awaited return to the Padres lineup on Thursday against the Diamondbacks. So we will have to see if Tatis enters the field on Thursday. That's when he's eligible to return, and that's going to make that Padres lineup really, really good. Um, and then uh, the uh, Angels, one of the, the games to look forward to tonight is let's, let's look at that uh, scoreboard and that schedule for tonight. Of course, it will be the Cardinals and the Diamondbacks. That game, like we said, can be heard here at 550. It will be Jordan Montgomery taking the mound against Jameson. That is uh, Dre Jameson for the Diamondbacks there tonight. Uh, other matchups we have, it will be Cleveland heading to Detroit. Hopefully, it's not too cold there today for them to have that game. Uh, Philly and Chicago, Zach Wheeler versus Lance Lynn for pitching matchups there. Um, then we have Cleveland and Detroit in a doubleheader. So they're going to play the first game, then right into the second game. San Francisco will be at Miami. Alex Wood and Edward Cabrera on that one. Uh, Tampa Bay takes on Cincinnati uh, there. Uh, and then the Angels will head to New York to take on the Yankees. So Trout and Otani in New York City. That'll be something to keep an eye on. There, Baltimore heads to Washington. It will be Minnesota taking on Boston. Sonny Gray versus Chris Sale. Uh, Philly and Chicago then in another game. So they're playing a doubleheader today as well as Giolito will start in the second game. Texas is at Kansas City. And uh, Evaldi is on the mound there. Uh, Toronto takes on Houston. Chris Bassett on the mound there for Toronto. Pittsburgh is at Colorado. It'll be the Cubs taking on Oakland. Marcus Stroman will head to the mound for the Cubbies. It will be the Brewers at Seattle to take on the Mariners. Uh, Atlanta and San Diego. Spencer Strider and Blake Snell. That's a good pitching matchup. And then in the nightcap, which you can watch on TBS, it will be New York. The Mets taking on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Taylor McGill and Clayton Kershaw on the mound. That game scheduled to start at 9-10. 9-10. And of course, today is Dinger Tuesday. So who are we going with for a dinger? <laughs> it's my guy. We're going Patrick Wisdom. Ride the momentum. Eight homers, had two yesterday, taking on an Oakland team. And Ken Walchick, who will be on the mound for the uh, for the A's, his ERA this season, 10.2. That's not that great. He's given up seven home runs this season already. Three games, seven home runs. Yeah, so I'm going to say that there's going to be a Cub player hitting a home run today, and I'm hoping it is Patrick Wisdom. That's who my pick is for today's uh, dinger 
for Dinger Tuesday. So that is around the horn in baseball for the day. But don't worry, we still have lots more to talk about, including the first night of the NHL playoffs. We'll recap the NHL playoffs coming up here in just a moment. You're listening to Starting Lineup right here on 98.9 The Game. We'll be back in just a second. The Starting Lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. This is Deputy Chief Kurt Davis of the Effingham Police Department with another safety tip for online use for your family. While online, a child might provide information or arrange an encounter that could risk his or her safety or the safety of other family members. In a few cases, pedophiles have used online services and bulletin boards to gain a child's confidence and then arrange a face-to-face meeting. Parents, be sure to stay in touch with your children's online activities, and if you detect any threats to your child's safety, notify your local police department. If you think dangerous blood clots can't happen to you, think again. Up to 900,000 men, women, and children are affected by blood clots each year, and about 100,000 die from them. Blood clots don't discriminate. You or a loved one could be at risk right now. The good news is blood clots can be prevented. Knowing the risks and symptoms are key. Major risks for blood clots include a family or personal history of blood clots, a recent hospitalization or surgery, pregnancy and cancer and its treatments. Symptoms of a blood clot in the legs or arms can include pain, swelling, and skin that is warm to the touch, red or discolored. Symptoms of blood clots in the lungs include difficulty breathing, chest pain that worsens with a deep breath, or a cough, coughing up blood, and a faster than normal or irregular heartbeat. Speak with a doctor about your risk for blood clots and seek medical attention if you have any symptoms. On average, one person in the United States dies of a blood clot every six minutes. Don't let that be you or someone you know. Stop the clot. Spread the word. Learn more at stoptheclot.org slash spread the word. You can't see the future, but you can prepare for it. With the universal life policy from Pekin Life Insurance Company, you'll have guaranteed death benefit protection with the potential to build significant cash value for later years. Request a free quote for Universal Life Insurance at PekinInsurance.com and in Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. They are our cuddlers and co-workers, purr machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there is nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. And now, Eric Price Sports Center update. Chicago Alderman George Card- Cardenas, whatever, believes the city should take drastic measures to keep the Bears in the Windy City. The starting lineup. What was that Chicago Bears guy name? They were like, ah, who cares? George Card- Cardenas. Cardenas. I don't know who that is. 
I was going to say, uh, the only George I know from Chicago, George Hallis. Yes, the it's only, only one, George that matters. Only one that matters. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. Eric Fry here, closing things down in just a little bit. Only here on 99 The Game for just a little bit longer. Then we'll kick it over to the podcast to recap some other things, such as some anniversaries coming up as well. This day in sports history, I should say. But first, let's talk about the ice. I'll take a tall one on ice, please, as it was the start of the NHL playoffs as the Hurricanes took care of business. They got the win 2-1 to one in their first game to go up one nothing over the Islanders. They struck first in the first period. Both teams scored in the second, but the Islanders just couldn't get another goal in there, so it was the Canes who held off the Islanders to get the game one victory. It was the Boston Bruins backing up what they did in the regular season with a game one win over the Panthers, 3-1. to This one was a little bit, I'm not going to say close, but the Panthers at least uh, got a, a goal there in the second period, and you thought, oh, well, maybe this is it. But then the Bruins added two in the second to kind of put it away there. Uh, speaking of putting away, the nightcaps in the Western Conference were incredible. It was the Wild getting the 3-2 to two win in double. That's right. Let's a Bartender, make it a double, please. Double overtime. Wild got the win over the Stars, so an upset there with the Wild getting the win over the Stars, seed-wise anyway. Stars are the lower seed. Uh, it was uh, the Wild got on the board first. They scored in the first period, and the Stars scored two in the second. Wild put up two, uh, one in the second as well before it took all the way to double overtime. And Ryan Hartman getting the win there for Minnesota to Minnesota. Help the Wild get the game one victory. And then if one's good, two is even better. Hey, make it another one. Not a double, just a single, though, as the Kings beat the Oilers 4-3. Oilers had this in hand. They led 2-0 after the first period. Kings got all three of their goals to force overtime in that third period. But then they added the overtime win as uh, Alex LaFollow had the game winner there for the Oilers. And, man. Connor McDavid, what are you doing? You can't go up 2-0 and then end up losing the game, right? You just, uh, Connor McDavid, what are you doing? You are like the Mike Trout. You just can't close it out, Connor McDavid. What are you doing? I want him to rebound now, uh, tonight. So, or not tonight, next night, time they play. So, NHL playoffs continue. Let's take a look at games going on. Speaking of tonight, it will be the Rangers and the Devils and their First game there, and that will be in New Jersey, 6 o'clock on TBS for that one. At 6.30, it'll be the Lightning and Maple Leafs. That game will be on ESPN, so that's your other Eastern Conference game tonight. In the Western side of things, it'll be the Jets and the Golden Knights. Golden Knights, the one seed, well, one of the, the one seeds out west, and that game will be on ESPN 2 at 8.30, and then it will be my Kraken taking on the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado Favored by two and a half, minus two, 205, I should say. Um, but here's the thing. I got some stats for you on this one. I wish I had this yesterday. Because <coughs> I said the Kraken were going to win this series, and Travis kind of laughed at me. 
But every game between these teams this year were decided by one goal. Two of them going beyond regulation. So uh, Avalanche won on January 21st, 2-1 to one in a shootout in Seattle. Then the Kraken won 3-2 to in overtime on March 5th. But the Kraken have outscored Colorado. And, ready for this, the Kraken and the Kings were the only teams this season to win multiple games in Colorado. As the Kraken won two games against Colorado. Head-to-head this season, Seattle's won two. Colorado only won one. And no Avalanche player scored more than one goal this season against the Kraken. The Kraken killed off all six power play chances by the Avalanche this season. And these two teams were the two worst playoff teams in turn of face-off percentage this season. Avalanche, 28th at 46.7%. Kraken were 31st. 45.3% better than only the Sabres. So game one is so important. Teams that win game one in the Stanley Cup playoffs have gone on to win the series 68.3% of the times. And if you do it at home, you have a 78% chance of winning. There you go. So uh, Avalanche have won six consecutive series opener since they lost opener in the 2020 second round to the Stars. Avalanche have averaged five and a half goals in those six straight series opening wins and have scored at least four goals in each game in that span. <coughs> but the Kraken, they may not have uh, playoff experience but they're as a team, but they have multiple players who have won Stanley Cups on their roster. It's also the first Stanley Cup playoff game for the city of Seattle since Game 5 of the 1920 Stanley Cup Final. Featured the Seattle Metropolitans and the original Ottawa Senators back when the Stanley Cup Final pitted the NHL champion versus the Pacific Coast Hockey Association champion. Senators, by the way, won that series in five games. So, again, I still think that this Kraken team can do it. I am a believer. I think that they have Colorado's number this year. I do. And, you know, Colorado's dealt with a lot of injuries this year. I understand that. But I think that this Kraken team can get the win. I truly do. I think that they they are, I'm not going to say the better team, but they just have Colorado's number. Just They just do. So, by the way, uh, the other game out west <coughs> is the Jets and Golden Knights. And this is the second time that the Golden Knights and Jets have faced off in the playoff. So that makes it tied for the most common playoff opponent for Vegas, who faced the Sharks twice in just its young history. Golden Knights will actually be the first team the Jets face multiple times in their postseason history. So this will be their 10th series all-time, having faced nine different teams prior. So the first time these two teams matched up was in the 2017-18 Conference Finals. The only time the Jets have ever reached the Conference Finals there. So... There you go. I'm looking forward to that one as well. I think those are two of the better uh, teams out west, uh, or four, I should say, of the better teams out west. So I look forward to both of those games tonight, and I'll make sure to talk all about it tomorrow. Make sure you stick around for the pod. It's coming up in today's podcast. We will take a look at your day in sports history. We'll finish up Sports Center. As well, we'll see what else we can get to. Uh, also coming up, maybe some college football, maybe some college football, but we'll have to wait and see as they kind of 
I uh, did a little bit of a release yesterday, so maybe we'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. But uh, that does it for today. Don't forget, no radio show tomorrow. There will be a podcast, though, so make sure you download that podcast at famradio.com or wherever you download podcasts. And, hey, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know how we are doing there. So that will do it for us here on this Tuesday. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. <laughs> Welcome in to the starting lineup overtime. Podcast exclusive. Here we go. Let's uh, let's not uh, let's not waste any time here. As uh, I saw something here, I wanted to bring up real quick. Um, first, let's let's go to Sports Center before I get off track here. Um, the NBA is awarding this year's Defensive Player of the Year. The league announced on Monday that the Memphis Grizzlies forward Jaron Jackson Jr. was named the Defensive Player of the Year. Jackson becomes the second youngest winner of the award, just behind Dwight Howard, who won it back in 2009. 23-year-old Jackson beat out Brooke Lopez and Evan Mobley for the accolade. Jackson led the NBA with three blocks per game this season. Miami is losing one of its top players to the NBA draft. Isaiah Wong announced on Monday that he's forgoing his final season of college eligibility, declaring for June's draft. The guard won ACC Player of the Year after averaging 16.2 points and 3.2 assists per game last season, shot nearly 38.5% from three-point range, and helped guide the Hurricanes to the Final Four. Wong is expected to be taken in the second round of the NBA draft, which takes place June 22nd. One of the Mountain West's top scorers is moving to the Big East as former Utah State guard Stephen Ashworth has committed to continuing his college playing career at Creighton. Ashworth chose the Blue Jays over a strong list of programs, including Gonzaga, BYU, Oklahoma State, and Washington. Senior guard has two years of eligibility remaining. Sharp shooter average <coughs> excuse me, 16.2 points and 4.5 assists per game while knocking down 43.4% of his shots from beyond the arc. And finally, the Minnesota Twins are quickly locking down their new ace. ESPN reports that Minnesota signed starting pitcher Pablo Lopez to a four-year extension worth $73.5 million during their off day on Monday. Deal will kick in next season. It keeps Lopez with the Twins through the 2027 season. Lopez was acquired in an off-season trade that sent second baseman Luis Ares to the Marlins. He's 1-1 one one with a 1-7-3 ERA and 33 strikeouts in his first four starts of 2023 and that does it for your uh, sports center but let's talk a little bit more uh we'll go into this some nba as major changes to the nba draft landscape are coming in the new collective bargaining agreement mutually agreed on by the nba and the player association this month 91 page jointly written memo sent out by the nba and national basketball player association to teams and players monday and obtained by espn highlights two significant changes to the draft process the effects of which will be felt for years as beginning in 2024 all invited players will be required to attend and participate in the NBA Draft Combine or be ineligible to be drafted until the, quote, first subs uh, subsequent draft for which the player attends and fully participates. So participants' uh, participation will include league 
medical examinations, sharing of medical history, biomechanical and functional movement testing, as well as strength and agility testing, shooting drills, performance testing, and anthropomorphic measurements. Players will also be required to conduct team interviews, media circuits, player development sessions, and other assessments as determined by the NBA in consultation with the NBA Players Association. Players will not be compelled to compete in five-on-five scrimmaging, which is typically only a handful of first-round prospects elect to participate in. So this is a big shift in favor of NBA teams that have long lobbied for this rule change. In the past, agents of elite prospects would regularly strategize to keep medicals of clients away from less attractive uh, franchises in hopes of steering their players to preferred destinations, something that will no longer be possible. This should also likely make the draft combine more compelling. The number of top prospects often elect to skip fully participating or attending altogether. So that will be interesting there. The NBA and NBA PA will agree upon a method to rank the top 10 prospects before the NBA draft lottery using a blend of publicly available rankings and appointed panel of experts and a retaining scouting service. So um, that is interesting as there's going to be limits on sharing medical information among teams based on the projected draft range of top players. So, for example, projected number one pick will have his medical information shared only with teams picking in the top 10. Players ranked 2 through 6 will be shared with teams in the top 15, 7 through 10, players in the top 25, so on and so forth, with the exception of potential life-threatening injury or medical conditions that render a player unfit to perform his duties as a professional basketball player. So, uh, for the first time, certified agents of participating players will be credentialed to attend the Combine to promote players' access to their representatives. So, they also agreed to limit the ability of teams to attend agent-sponsored pro days outside of the Combine. So pro days will be held in a single athletic facility, either in California or on the East Coast, over no more than a two-day period. In the past, NBA teams would spend significant time traveling from gym to gym around the United States to attend pro days, a costly and resource-intensive uh, process that was widely despised by scouts but did not prevent them from attending in mass. The second change that will be instituted in the new CBA involves doing away with automatic eligibility for high school or collegiate players who sign professional contracts with entities such as the G League and Knight overtime elite or the australian nba in the past players who signed with such entities would be automatically eligible for a subsequent nba draft regardless of whether they were interested in doing so or not and provided they were turning 19 in that calendar year examples include jalen green with ignite uh, lamella ball in australia the thompson twins with ote and or collegiate players who elected to turn pro without entering the draft um even international players such as dyson daniels became automatically eligible for the following draft upon signing with the Ignite. The G League Ignite had found loopholes to get around this restriction, for example, signing players after the start of the NBA season, but will no longer need to do so, significantly expanding the pool of potential prospects to include those who might need several years of development and seasoning before being ready to maximize their draft stocks. So this is forcing players to become automatically eligible um, had wide-ranging ramifications on those uh, different things. So... Um, that is interesting. I, I, This is interesting. The revision of these sections of the CBA means that U.S.-based players will be able to sign pro contracts with G League, Knight, OTE, or international teams and spend several years with those entities until they elect to enter the draft on their own volition or turn 22 years old during the calendar year of the draft. This will likely have major implications on alternative pathway entities' ability to recruit elite prospects out of high school, international destinations, or college, opening a wide range of options for players. 
So while I think it's good for the NBA because, you know, now you can get a high schooler to go right to the G League if they're good enough and they can start making money and they can stay there for four years. And this is bad for college basketball. Again, this is bad for college basketball because you're taking the possibility of these best players who have already seen NIL and stuff. And I'm sure that's probably why this is uh, one reason why this was made. But I don't like it. I like it for the NBA. I don't like it for college basketball. And I care more about college basketball than I do the NBA. So, not a fan of it. If you thought the college basketball landscape was bad to begin with, it's just going to get worse. So, just be prepared for that. Um, Also, uh, DeMar Hamlin. Bill's DeMar Hamlin, in some great news, is fully cleared following his cardiac arrest. So, he can begin NFL activities and football activities again. That is great news to hear. So he is going to make a full recovery. So that is great news there. All right. Let's do this day in sports history, and then we will uh, get out of here. We'll start with yesterday, actually. Hold on. Step away from the mic. Take a drink. All right. Yesterday, April 17th, 1939, Joe Lewis knocked out Jack Roper in the first round in what was the sixth defense of his heavyweight title. 1955, Roberto Clemente made his MLB debut and single in his first at-bat. On April 17th, 1983, Nolan Ryan struck out his 3,500 batter of his career and ended his career with an MLB record 5,714 strikeouts. Uh, 2001, Barry Bonds became the 17th major leader during the 500 home run club. 2009, Gary Sheffield became the 25th player to hit 500. So, there you go. Um, 2010, April 17, 2010, Baldo Jimenez tosses the first no-hitter in Rockies franchise history there. And in 2011, April 17, uh, Jimmy Johnson won at Talladega by .002 in a four-wide, two-deep finish that tied the Cup Series record for closest margin of victory. Good race. I remember that one. Alrighty. <coughs> Moving on to today, today in sports history, 1960, Ted Williams became the first major leaguer to hit home runs in four different decades. His first career home run came in 1939. April 18, 1962, NBA Finals Game 7, score tied at 100 with five seconds remaining, and the Lakers have a golden opportunity to end the Celtics dynasty in Boston. Hot Red Huntley inbounded the ball, desperately looking for either Jerry West or Elgin Baylor, who were both included by defenders. So Huntley passes to Frank Selvey for an 8-footer, usually automatic for the 6-3 swingman, except on this occasion. The ball hits the rim. Bill Russell grabs it as the game heads into overtime. Second overtime game seven in finals history saw Sam Jones score five of his 27 points and another monstrous performance by Russell who had 30 points and 40 rebounds. As he, That's right, 40 rebounds as the Celtics escape with the victory in the franchise's fifth championship. 1962, Bill Russell became the first black coach in NBA history to serve as player coach, and he ended up winning three seasons, uh, player coach for three seasons. He won two titles in those three seasons. 1987, Mike Schmidt hit his 500th career home run off the Pirates, Don Robinson in Pittsburgh. Uh, 1995, Joe Montana on this day announced his retirement from football. 1998, debated between Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. The Colts selected Manning with the first pick in the 98 NFL draft. How did that work out for the uh, Colts? Pretty, pretty good as opposed to Ryan Leaf. On this day back in 1999, Wayne Gretzky played the final game of his career. So great one registered and assisted a 2-1 Rangers loss to the Penguins. And finally, on this day in 2001, A.C. Green, the Miami Heat, 
played in his 1,192nd straight game, setting his all-time NBA record. 37-year-old Green completed his 16th NBA season, and that is this day in sports history, and that'll do it for today's edition of the starting lineup. Don't forget, we will be back, like we said, podcast version only tomorrow. So make sure you tune in for that. But we're going to get out of here. Yeah. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. We will talk to you on the podcast tomorrow where we will recap all the local sports, all the playoff action, MLB action. That all goes down here tonight. Have a great rest of your Tuesday.